If you're keen on backing a winner tomorrow, you've come to the right place. The winner. The winner. The winner. Winning. It's now time for the punters panel on Racing HQ with Dave Stanley. Dave Stanley. Let's go, fellas. Try and find a winner on this Friday, the 16th of February. Fire your engines because we've got a really good meeting tomorrow in Sydney Town. The good horses are back, as we've been saying, for a number of weeks. And a nice little springboard this will be to some big weekends ahead. Our panel today is Brody Nixon, Mike Wood and a newbie. Uh, we've got a, a debutant, Nick Lloyd, joining us from the Leg Up Australia. I might... Go to Nick first, as we know Mike and we know Brody. Nick, good morning. Welcome to Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, probably, hopefully, a few uh, a good debut today, and you know, get the baggy green and, and get out there and find some winners on a on a big race day at, uh, at Royal Randwick. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Uh, of course, you work with uh, Blake Johnson, who we regularly have on from the Leg Up Australia. So, mate. Looking forward to uh, you got a bit of pressure on you because uh, you, you're representing them as well, and you're also representing BJ too, mate. So he'll be Indian, no doubt, if you can't find a winner. But I reckon you can, based on what we see on the leg up. Uh, Mike Wood is joining us as well. Welcome back, mate. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Nick. Welcome to the show and Brody as well. Well done, tipping Rag Queen last week in the Millennium. Brody went so close with such a big finish. Yeah, looking forward to Saturday. Love a bit of a wet track around, so there might be some roughies we can back. And our spy file man, our spies, uh, is, is Brody Nixon from Sky. He joins us. Hello, mate. Good morning, DS. Good morning, Nick, Mike, everyone. Yeah, in regards to trials, it's hard to not get hot under the collar here in the next couple of weeks, isn't it, DS? We've got a lot of guns resuming here first up, the likes of Fangirl and Cohen. One of the better back runners does have the race fitness, Switzerland, and he's the sort of horse we're all going to be keen to see. I like it. Uh, let's get straight into it. And you can get involved with the show, 0419-767-272. Or you can give us a call on 1353 53. Of course, the 0419-767-272 is the text line, the SMS line, which you can get involved and ask the, the panel some questions. I want to start tomorrow, guys, with the James Squire Expressway Stakes. It's race five on the card at Royal Ramwick. We've got an even money favourite in Bornez Notches. Plenty of punters wanting to know, well, is this our lock for the day, Bonnes? Because they've seen him obviously run a very good uh, second there at Flemington behind Imperatrice. We'll see her tomorrow in Melbourne. We saw, obviously, his run behind, think about it, uh, in the Everest. What do we think? I'll go in the order of this order of entry. We'll start with you, Nick. You can open the batting for us. Uh, we'll go then Brody and Mike. You can uh, round it all out and uh, be the wise head of the trio. What do we like in the expressway? Yeah, Dave, it's um, a pretty, it's a, it's a hot race, um, I'll say that much. But I thought just with the, the way the weather is around uh, Sydney town at the moment, that uh, it makes it a little bit more of a, a jigsaw puzzle. Buenos Noches, uh, got no doubt he's the best horse in the race. King of Sparta, he's got that uh, that winning form out of the Gold Coast there. But if it's too wet, I don't know about his chances. But uh, Cole Crusher was the other one that I thought could, uh, could just go straight to the front and be hard to run down. But... The most likely winner, uh, Buenos Noches, but I'll certainly be waiting until, uh, until we see how the track's playing and how wet it is uh, before having a bet in the expressway. Yeah, I think um, similar to Nick, I think Buenos Noches should be all too good for these. The wet ground is a big question mark for King of Sparty was fantastic, the Gold Coast. He's had seven runs at Randwick without winning, a couple of minor placings in there, of course. He's been running against some of the best. Last time he was there in the Sydney Stakes, he was caught wide throughout on Everest Day on a very, very fast track. 
But in regards to Boynos Notch as his favourite, he gets Nash Willock from an outside gate. I think this horse deserves to be clear favourite. I think he is the lock of the day. And if the track plays anything like it did last week where horses are coming down the centre, he's drawn gate number six. He might do something similar the first up last preparation, just get to the outside and prove way too good for his opposition. Cold Crusher gets the blinkers off, so I suggest this might just be another tune-up run for his later on preparation. And question marks whether straight A's who can sprint well enough over 1,200, whether Malkovich can run 1,200. So I think Golden Mile looks the slight danger. Yeah, big big weather watch on this race, wasn't there? Obviously, King of Sparta and Bonas Notches looking like a two-horse race, and the weather forecast came out, and people started backing Bonas Notches, and then the overnight rain was a bit more than we expected. I think there's just enough rain to back Bonas Notches now. It just depends if King of Sparta runs. I guess he will run. He's got J-Mac engaged. Um, any more rain, and it makes it very tough for him. I didn't really like the second trial of Bonas Notches the first time, but I look back at it. He didn't really change legs and didn't really stretch out. I think with Nash in the saddle, a good fair track, a wet track, he should just win. All right, that's uh, Bonner's notches. Just looking at these prices with the tab on this fifth event. So, <coughs> pardon me, uh, $2 Bonner's notches uh, did open, well, yesterday. So, the it actually, markets opened on the 14th. So, that was Wednesday, just before uh, lunchtime, 11.58. Two fifty was the opening price. It went to two sixty, And once it got the two sixty, it was backed actually in Wednesday afternoon to $1.90. Uh, and then yesterday morning, back out to $2, and it's remained that price. King of Sparta's been two eighty into two sixty, back to two seventy. Coal Crusher, 11 to eight fifty, back to nine fifty. Golden Mile's been a drifter, six out to nine fifty. Straight Acer has been six to eleven. Malkovich has been fifteen to twenty-three, and uh, West on Dolby fifty-one to sixty-one. So they did put up that uh, that two sixty. Gee, based on that, boys, if you had to seen, if you could see two sixty now, would you be piling in? You'd be buttering up big time, wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah, I think uh, I think uh, he might he might drift, but I I doubt it. I think most tips are going to find him. I think it could be it might be a decent race for trifectas as well. There's a couple of ruffies that could show up, like West of Dolby, who trailed pretty well, and a couple might need the run first up. And what about Speed Boys? So obviously Malkovich and Cole Crusher will go forward. Golden because it is that small field. Every it, it seems as though horses will find their positions. But if they do, you think they'll scoot along here? And, and, and if they don't, does that is that a concern if you're on at the evens, Bonner's notches? I think it's I the don't think so. Oh, sorry, Mike, yeah. you go first. Oh, or Nick Brody, come on. Or Nick Brody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like you said, Brody, with the blinkers off, Cole Crusher, like, I don't think it'll be, um, you know, straight to the front and, and try and run them into the ground like we saw in the Hunter. And a lot of these horses, you know, you've got Melkovich, he's sort of trying to get that 1,200, so I don't think he'll go out too hard like we've seen him do over a 1,000. So, yeah, I think it'll be a leisurely tempo. Buenos Noches, I had him probably close to last on the outside, but probably only, you know, three or four lengths off him, Brody. You would have been similar by the sound of it. Yeah, I don't think Malkinich can roll along. Otherwise, they're going to absolutely cook their own chances of running out the trip. And in regards to Cole Crusher, the blinkers off. It was fascinating. He was horribly away in that trial behind Don Corleone. missed it badly. And usually he gets better in the preparation. He ran at Warwick Farm first up over the 1,000 last prep and he took a sit before rolling forward at Randwick, but that was on a very rail by, so at least a very firm track, so a hard day to make ground. I think Boynell's notches, a slower pace might suit him because he's got the best turn of foot, and especially in wet ground, he can certainly skip through his gears pretty quick. All right. Now, boys, let's go to the uh, Apollo. Before we do, 
We aim to deliver here for the punters on the punters panel, and we've got the track manager, Michael Wood, on the line. Now, Michael, good morning to you. Uh, Dave, how are you? Very good, mate. Tell us about the rain overnight at Ramwick, how much we received. Was it what you expected and what you've seen at the track this morning? Yeah, 27 mils overnight. Um, forecasted for about half that. So thankfully, um, at least we were somewhat prepared that so we were anticipating rainfall. Um, for the week, I've only given it four millimetres of irrigation, which was on Sunday, um, and it was quite warm. So the track was quite dry. Um, but a soft six this morning, and, and look, it sort of sat in the middle of our soft six, soft six range. So um, I, I think the track will continue to improve if, if we can get away with today with, with no more rainfall. But, um, yeah, look, I, I was quite pleased. I actually was... I, you know, I thought if we got that 13 millimetres and it was sort of hard and fast, it would be the best thing for the track because it, um, it just starts to even it out. When you dry it down and get little scuds of rain, it's... it's it can be, you know, the track can probably feel worse, but it felt great this morning. Uh, so the rail out four? Yeah, rail out four gets us under completely clean ground. Um, you know, they, they only, they didn't get into it a great deal last week, but they certainly bruised it and uh, we'll be back there in a fortnight's time in the true for a uh, very elegant stage today. So four metres um, gets them on, under nice ground. All right. How hard is it? I'm fascinated by that, you know, like obviously you say you put four mil on it, uh, on of irrigation on Sunday, and obviously we have hot days during the start of the week, and then obviously a bit of rain comes in later in the week. But how hard is it to 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 dry out the track? I mean, obviously you've got a lot of science behind it, but when you say it dries out and it's hard and fast, like how, how hard are we talking? If it was rated, would it be rated a what would it be rated? But before the irrigation or before this rainfall arrived? Uh, it's certainly um, before the rainfall arrived. You know we. In the mornings, we were still rated a good four, but by the end of that, I think it was a Tuesday, um, you know, we were certainly getting down towards that good three and, and our moisture levels were very low. We've got uh, about seven moisture sensors in the track, so we, I can monitor those. Um, so, yeah, knowing that we're drying the track right down to get it as, as sort of firm as we can before the rain comes. And, um, you know, you're, you're relying on that forecast as whether it's sort of bang on, but if, if they can at least give you a... You know, an 80% chance of rainfall. You, you're quite confident that you're going to get something. And um, being that it was meant to fall last night, I, I always had up my sleeve that I could irrigate if it didn't come. So, um, yeah, it, it, essentially just monitoring the weather and the weather forecast. Yeah, you know, 50 times a day. You wouldn't want your job. I'm telling you, because you, imagine that if you let it dry out, and then next minute they say it's going to rain, and the rain doesn't come, then you've got to put water on it because people will be blowing up because their horses aren't jarring up. Mate, good luck with it. You you just keep doing what you're doing. I don't know how you do what you do because you'd be forever just, you know, juggling the opinions of others. Yeah, it is to an extent, you know, and and we're always trying to provide that, that perfect surface, so to speak, where it's got a nice bit of giving it. But, um, yeah, look, it's, it's a lot of time spent on, on weather apps and, and I suppose looking at the track so many times a day just to make sure we're in the right range. But um, then you get thrown a, a curveball with a bit more rain than your forecast, so... Um, but look, I think we'll be on a great surface tomorrow. Are they tipping more rain today? I know they're tipping a storm, uh, but are they tipping heavy rain? Uh, not a lot, on according to ours. They're sort of saying if we don't get it by three o'clock, um, there shouldn't be a great deal following that. And um, tomorrow's 29 and and relatively sunny, just with the odd chance of a light shower. So uh, I think with 29 degrees, it's going to be quite humid, but um, it'll be good for the track to dry down. Okay, beautiful. Thanks for joining us, mate. Off the uh, drop of a hat, appreciate it.
Thanks, mate. All the best. Michael Wood there, the track manager. Okay, boys, from hearing that now, how does that make you feel about uh, tomorrow at Randwick? Uh, just from what the form you've done, I'll start with you, Nick. Um, yeah, I mean, like the way it played last weekend where they were sort of off the fence as well, I've sort of uh, gone that way again. But, um, yeah, it, it will certainly be interesting because you've got a lot of those good horses that are back, like your fangirls that we'll talk about soon on, on that rain-affected track, you know, whether it gets back to a five or even sort of start to find into the good range. Um, yeah, I'll be very interesting to see what it, interested to see how it starts tomorrow. Any other comment there, boys, before we get on uh, with it, Brody or, or Michael Wood? It's just it's just good to get an update from Michael Wood because I get a couple of calls a week, DS, because I've got the same name as him, obviously, <laughs> asking, for track, <laughs> asking for the track report, so now I know what to say. <laughs> no. I was just going to say, it's, it's a little bit better than I was expecting, actually. So that's great news for, like, the fangirl who we'll touch on shortly, whether she might actually get that soft ground that she loves so much. Well, let's speak about the Apollo. It's a Group 2. It's over 1,400. And I'll go down the board here first. Think it over. $8 Wednesday. Backed into seven fifty Wednesday night. Uh, and back out to... Uh, so backed into seven fifty, Then $7 yesterday morning. And there's just been floating around that seven fifty to seven dollar mark. It's found its price. Cascadium fifteen into thirteen dollars uh, since markets have opened. Arapaho one hundred and one into eighty one. I know there's been the scratching of Samana. Uh, now Buckaroo six dollars out to seven fifty. Back into seven. Attractable's been um, a little tiny firm based on the way the market has progressed. Twenty six to seventeen. Navajo Peak. Has been what seventy one dollars. Lindemann eight out to eleven, back into nine. Now Fangirl two fifty was her opening price at eleven fifty eight on Wednesday, and by Wednesday afternoon was into two twenty five. Then yesterday back out to two thirty, and then this morning, in fact, um, around that sort of what uh, six o'clock mark this morning, two thirty back into two twenty. Obviously, as I said, Samana is out, and four sixty for Militarise. So they're betting one hundred and twenty three percent the tab. At the moment, and two twenty fangirl. Do you want to be anywhere near the two twenty fangirl, Nick Lloyd, or do you just go, look, she's a great horse, but leave me out? Yeah, I'm the latter there, Dave. Uh, she, she's never really been one of mine. I found it pretty hard to catch, but obviously we saw what she can do in the spring. There, she won the Wink Stakes, and then again the uh, the King Charles before being a bit luckless in the Cox Plate, but. Yeah, just the, the potential wet track scares me a little bit. Barrier eight, she's gonna she's gonna get back like we know she does. Uh, I'm with a, a previous winner of this race up the top of the page and think it over. Um he won this race two years ago. He was he was off a long break after winning that Queen Elizabeth and, and then resumed in the wing stakes there where he ran sixth. He didn't have a lot of luck that day behind Fandel. Um and then second up behind Navajo Peak in the Chelmsford and then we saw him win that seven stakes, beating Darkie Fangirl that day. Um, he's tried well. The wet track will suit. He's got a really good first up record. And from barrier seven, I think Nash will sort of put him in that 1-1 position. He's going to have the map advantage over the likes of Fangirl and Militarise, who I think are the, the main dangers. Um, and he could just be a little bit too tough to get past. Brody, who are you with, mate? I think it's the top two in betting that you want to be betting around, in my opinion. However, I'm betting with, but... You have to wait until race day to know exactly what this track's doing. It's a soft six or worse. You'd probably want to be with Militarise because we know he absolutely flies through the wet. 12 months ago, he went straight through the size and champagne double powering through the heavy ground. He's a class cult, but in regards to the dry track, Fangirl's probably got a couple of links on him at the moment. The last time they met in the Cox Plate, Militarise rises six kilograms off that. 
and Fangirl rises. She actually stays at the same weight, does she? No, yeah, she stays at the same weight, the 57 kilograms. So for a late three-year-old to challenge a, a mare like Fangirl, who's one of the best in the country, he needs things in his way, and a heavy track will do just that. But if this track's improving, like Mike does suggest, it probably will. She certainly is a clearly on top pick. This is one I'd love to ask Mike about. Now, Buckaroo, just looking at him, his trials have been strong. He doesn't quite seem to have a turn of foot. Is he one that you boys are looking at for a little bit further, maybe 2,000 metres and above? Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to find him straight away as well because he looked like he might map well off that first trial. But the second trial, I think he was just hustled up in that first trial, wasn't he? The second trial, he kind of got back to midfield. He does look like a, a British horse at a light 2,000 metres and they don't tend to sprint over 1,400 metres with Australian horses. Look, if Fangirl jumped cleanly from midfield, she'd be a dollar sixty, dollar seventy shot. She is, she's the best horse in Sydney, just about. She's just grown and developed every single preparation. She was a bridesmaid to Adamo, but now she's the queen on her own. That, that King Charles win last prep was just amazing. It's all about mid race and where she gets to and the tempo. She's still one first up of a steady tempo on a soft track. I think the small field probably helps her. I'm worried, but I think she'll find a way. The only ones I'm worried about are. Think it over. Obviously, has a great fresh record. He had 71 weeks off before that fresh run last prep, so he's back now without an injury, just a short let up, so he can perform well. Lindemann's been gelded, so maybe he's a bit of a close watch in the market. I don't think Militarizer's got a chance at all. That Golden Rosie one was one of the worst Golden Roses the last few years, so I think Fangirl gets the job done. Okay, Fangirl uh, for Mike Wood there. Now, let's go to. A really, really interesting race. This is the light fingers, the tab light fingers over the 1,200 boys. Now, I'll go down the board. Kimochi, $11 into $9. Obviously, Weston Dolby comes out of this, so uh, take note. Uh, Tis Invincible open 360 on Wednesday. Out to uh, 380 by Wednesday night. Touch $4 yesterday. Back into 390 this morning. Learning to fly, 460 into 380, back to 420. Mumbai Muse, $6 out to 750. Cristilli, 26 into 18, back to 19. Autumn Ballet, 15 out to 18. Fasil, $8 out to 11, been a, a drifter. Arctic Glamour, $8 to 750 on Wednesday. Then yesterday, 7 to 5, they went again. Uh, this morning, interesting this, this morning at 5.30, back at the 7.50, must have just been a little readjustment there with the machines. Uh, it's been uh, backed into five, well, it's back into $5 now, which is what it was late yesterday afternoon. Ballroom Bella, 26 out to 41, back to 34. Kind Words is $126. Steffi Magnetica, 26 into 19. And I'm a Steel has been 200 into $81. How did we see the light fingers? Some really nice fillies here. And maybe a few that are going to really step up in uh, this three-year-old campaign this year. Nick? Yeah, there was a, um, <clears throat> pardon me, there was a little bit of Carrigan v. Reynolds in the uh, in the group chat between Brody and myself, a little bit of friendly argy-bargy. Uh, I'm, the, I'm the leader of the Learning to Fly Club, and uh, he'll be all over Arctic Glamour. But, look, it, it'll be really interesting. Obviously, Learning to Fly, she won her first three starts in, in really good fashion as a two-year-old. Started 6.50 in a golden slipper. We all know what happened. She lost the rider after a few hundred metres, and we haven't seen her since. But I thought her barrier trials leading into this have been have been really good. Her track gallop between races on Saturday, I think she worked with Libertad. Um, that was a really good piece of work. So I'm really excited to see what she can do first up off the long break. Barrier 13, she'll be out the back. She'll be hitting the line. Um, I think she's the horse to beat in the surround stakes. But 
Um, yeah, Arctic Grandma, she's been trialling really well, but I won't take too much of Brody's thunder there. I'll let him talk about that filly. Yeah, I think the top three in the market certainly are Group 1 quality. Tis Invincible. She was caught really wide there in the flight stakes for the end of last preparation before stepping back to the six furlongs down the straight in the Coolmore. So he basically put a line through that run and her couple of runs at Randwick before that were unreal. She was actually, I think, some of her best runs when she settled midfield there over the 1,200 metres there at Randwick over the track and trip and just got straight over the top of them. She defeated Komochi, but did it quite comfortably that day. Zach Lloyd jumped aboard at the last minute and then he stuck aboard for the rest of the preparation until the Coolmore. She's trolled up really strong. From gate number 11, she's going to get back, but she's always looked a filly who gets better each preparation. She trolled really well into last prep, but I think she's come back a beast once again. Just copy and paste that for learning to fly. I'll tell you what, for Coolmore, it would have been tough watching these three-year-old fillies last preparation where they all looked to just be taking turns and learning to fly, sitting in the box, and we knew she, how good she was at two, and she looks like she's come back even better as well. Justifies flying. She certainly looks on track for the surround stakes, and whether or not she just needs the run, but she's had at least three trials, a track gallop in between, so she's going to be fit. And Arctic Glamour looks the map horse for me. She's had the one trial over the 900 metres where she cruised comfortably past the line, defeating Macarena quite easily that day as well. She's a daughter of Frosted, but I think 1,200 metres, 1,400 metres is her best trip. And she's mapping a little bit better than favourite. So she's my on top pick. But as you mentioned, DS, this is a damn good race. It certainly is, isn't it, uh, Mike? It's um, yeah. It's, I love I love the Phillies. I love the series, and obviously this it kicks off here at 1200 meters, and we we culminate in sort of the Coolmore 1500 meters Group One with the Phillies versus the Mares. And look, if you look at old form with these horses, you're gonna go around in circles, aren't you? Because they've all got similar form that ties around each other, and the market sort of reflects that. Learning to fly is the one that's very very hard to line up. I think she's very risky off a long spell straight to a soft track 1200 meters around. But don't forget, she only just got over the line against Facile in very similar conditions, he's twice the odds and gets a soft barrier. So I can't really backload into fly early. You have to wait late for her. Looking for horses that kind of can improve prep to prep might be the way to bet. I think Tiz Invincible is well reported. She never really paraded well last prep. She had a bit of a, a dirty coat. She was never really clean in the coat. And the reports are that she's looking better this preparation. So watch out for her. I think Arctic Glamour, like Brody said, a massive turn of foot. So good first up last, last preparation, hard to beat. And maybe facile as well. She was always lightly framed. That recent trial was good. All right. I like it, uh, boys. Uh, lots of text coming in on the text line here in relation to the races. There's a text here. Uh, Thoughts on Sizzle, Manizzle and Race 4. Wet track. <coughs> Pardon me. Won the country championships on a very wet track. Well, we, we when we say wet track, it's a soft at the moment. Uh, $26 for Sizzle, Manizzle. I personally, boys, I, I really like Nash's ride here. Uh, meritable. What are your thoughts on the fourth? I know we're uh, jumping away from the feature race and we'll jump back to it, but we're trying to find a winner. Any price? What are we like in this benchmark 88? Um, I thought the favourite was pretty hard to beat, Dave. Winchat, um, he was dominant last start. He, he drops five and a half kilos from from that uh, that win there and, and now gets, uh, you know, like 54 and a half kilos with Jay Ford in the saddle. So uh, we know what he'll do. He'll go straight to the front. Um, I know you like Meritable. I, I find him a very interesting horse. Obviously, like I typically do my Brisbane form. He, he came up he, up here uh, back in 2022. He ran fourth in the Gold Coast Guineas behind Prince of Boom. 
Then he didn't go all that well in the Fred Best there behind Volana. And then he back to the midweeks for a little while there at Doombin and Eagle Farm. And he started very short on a couple of occasions and, and just didn't do anything. But since he's been with Mark Minaviri in Sydney, he's uh, he's not really run a bad race yet. So he's obviously just completely um, reinvigorated him uh, down in Sydney. So good to see him back. Um, 15 rounds, another one at, at big odds. He, he was another Queenslander that used to uh, go all right. And I thought his run wasn't too bad behind Lady Laguna the other day. Back to a race like this, wouldn't be surprised to see him run a better race. But, yeah, Sizzle Manizzle, an interesting one. He, he's likely... Is he eligible for the country championships again this year, Dave, after winning it last year? Uh, Sizzle, I don't think so. I don't think Sizzle... No, Gallant Star's going to be the stables uh, runner. Well, they're, they're number okay. one seed. Yeah. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where they go with him um, this time in. He, he was a good winner that day on the on the heavy eight. Um, the format of that race has been good. And then we saw what he did in uh, after that in the Hawkesbury Guineas behind Hawaii 5-0. So, yeah, couldn't talk you out of him. He is eligible. But as I said, uh, from a market point of view, um, Gallant Star is second favourite. In fact, equal favourites. That market's changed. So we've got Bandy's Boy Country Championship Final. $8, Gallant Star, $8. So two horses, one for uh, D Williams. Uh, that horse, of course, come back from a holiday with Danny. And then Gallant Star, $8 um, for... That's the horse that uh, Brody Skull has a, a share in. I speak of um, the great man, Kerry O'Keefe. What's happening there? What happened there? Some banging in the background. Sorry, I just got a tradesman and started banging a hammer. What's happened? What's happened? You, you, you're flying, you're going that well, you're getting renovations, Brody. Yeah, I know, just getting the pool put in the backyard, Dave. You know how it works. Too good, mate. Um, You're like Kieran no, McAvoy. Every time he wins an Everest, he puts a pool. He's got 10 of them. Uh, <laughs> meritable. What do you like? Um, just getting to Sizzle Manizzle, I couldn't find it, to be honest. Perfect. Um, personally, last print was slightly disappointing, albeit in much tougher grade than what he faced here, but just need to see it do it once again. Meritable, I wanted a better, better round. The Minavini Stable. <laughs> absolutely flying. They just get horses and improvements, same as Paul Perry. they got the very similar silk, so I get them mixed up all the time. But both of those stables, when they put them in the races and they get back, they always so hard to beat. Winchat deserves to be a favourite. He's a bit too short. I thought Cuban Royale was the huge overs. Comes through a good last start run behind Zoo Tiger in a highly rating race through wide. Now, he's jumped well on both occasions. You don't often find yourself backing a nine-year-old when he's had 73 starts. But I think this is a big step back in grade. Carries a little bit more weight. Has Olivia Chambers aboard. But if he can find clear running, I think $16 is huge overs. Mike? Yeah, I, I, I agree, Brody. Out of the roughies, I go Cuban Royal over Sizzle Manizzle. I think the trials look good for Sizzle, but it was against sort of lower-grade country horses and maybe just not quite enough rain to see how he goes, see if he improves and see if he makes it to the championships. This race is kind of wind chat versus wind chat. He's... He's a bit of a funny horse. Nick said we sort of know what, he, what he's going to do, but I don't think we've got any idea what he's going to do. He, he's got a mind of his own. If he gets to the lead and he's in a happy mood, he'll just win. But obviously he's been beaten at what, nine, ten lengths as favourite before. He missed the start by ten lengths, two starts ago. And if he gets horses in and around him, he gets a bit nervous and over races and doesn't perform. So he's either going to win or come nowhere. So it could be a good race for the multiples. Tashi could do something on a soft track, but I reckon I agree with Brody. Cuban rule each way. All right. What about the Triscay Stakes? Uh, race six on the card, gents, where we've got uh, Samana at uh, $3.80 and uh, has been this morning already $3.90 into $3.80. She's all class today, $11 out to 12 
Uh, Graham Beggs runner opened 360 and it's just drifted since then. The 360 Wednesday out to now 440 overall. Uh, that's horse number four. Uh, Alentia has been today since six o'clock this morning. This is interesting. It's been 320 into 280. Alentia Diamond Dealer at $12, Penthouse at 11, Ether Or at 10, and Miss Fabergé 41 to 15. So interesting this morning from six o'clock. They started backing Alentia. Uh, as I said, 3.20 into 2.80 favourite now, Brody. Yeah, Alentia. Maybe someone watching the rain come down in Sydney thought, oh, you're beautiful. She's two from two on wet ground. She looks the one. But this was a really tough race. I really struggled to do this. I went around in circles a few times. Have absolutely no idea what to do with Seth Majik. The one victory she's got was early on in her career, packing them on the Sintho. She's come out and run some huge races, including running second behind In Secret, the Coolmore. Had a year off the scene as she ran third behind Star Patrol in a group two down the straight, but she just hasn't quite been able to win. She comes off a, just about a half a length defeat to Spacewalk, last preparation down the straight there during the Flemington Carnival. Really nice trial at Cranbourn, but I've just got no idea what to do with her. And the inside gate, she doesn't seem to have too much early speed, so if she's caught back on the inside, could be a bad spot on the day. Alenti has trialled up well. Um, just not too sure what to do with her. She was short price favourite a lot last prep. Ended up in the invitation, and Samana was brilliant. The Gold Coast steps back in trip, but out of the mass stable. You just got to trust wherever they place their horses. They're the three I'm looking at, but once again, I was going in circles. I've got no idea what to do here, boys. Yeah, mate. So I, I'm with Clay Majik, the, the Victorian uh, mayor now for, from the Graham Big, Big Stable. You just rarely see Graham travel one, uh, whether it be to New South Wales or, or Queensland, and not get a result. Um, so I, I doubt he would be going to Sydney with this uh, with this four-year-old without uh, you know sort of a bit of confidence. Brody, you're right. She's only won the one race that was, uh, I think, on her debut on the Sintho. So she hasn't been able to win since, but. We saw what she did uh, as a three-year-old in her first preparation. She ended up running second to in secret in the Coolmore. She beat home Buenos Noches, who's favourite for the Expressway. We've seen what he's done. Uh, Jack and I was in that race. So it was a, it was a good addition of the Coolmore. Um, and then she was 11 months between runs going into that first up run in the spring there where she finished behind Benedetta in the Cockrum uh, over 1,200 at Caulfield. She then placed again behind Star Patrol down the straight. Uh, she's got that... That uh, half a length defeat there behind Spacewalk and Crosshaven, like you said, and then she went back to the the group one down the straight behind Imperatrice at the end of her, uh, at the end of the spring. I thought her trial at Casterton and her uh, jump out at Cranbourn were really good. Um, she'll she'll it, it is tricky from Barrier One where she can get to if she can hold a spot under Tim Clark and and be thereabouts. Um, I think she's going to be really hard to hold out if the runs come. Mike, uh, who are you with, mate? Yeah, I think it's. Um Probably a two-horse race, I think. I think Samana's a dry-track, hot-tempo horse, and she got the dry-track and a hot-tempo on the Gold Coast. I know she was three-wide, no cover, but it was okay to be three-wide, no cover that day, especially late in the day. Um, the edge off the track makes me more confident. I just want to see either or stay in the race because she'll make the tempo and give the best mares, sprinting mares a chance to win. Same with Jeep versus Alentia. Alentia's just been missing the start in her trials, which makes me worried that she'll be behind Same with on the inside. Um, I think it's between those two. I backed Alentia early, but I might cover on Saint Magic Lake. Now the Piero Plate boys, very very interesting race. We are going to have a multi as well today. Brody Nixon, Mike Wood, and Nick Lloyd all providing a selection, and I will throw in a leg as well to run top four. I'm going to throw in. Well, I'll tell you mine right now. I'm going to throw in uh, that horse Meritable. 
uh, for Nash and Mark Minervini. I think it'll run a very, very big race in the fourth. But let's talk about the Piero Plate. Shangri-La Express 2.30 opened to 2.40 on the 14th, so two days ago at about 13 past 12. Timmy Ryan went click, and he went 2.40 Shangri-La Express. He then went to 2.60. It's now back into 2.30. Hasn't changed since Wednesday night at around, uh, what, 20 to 11. Hasn't changed from that price. Switzerland, they went up 2.20, and everyone got excited and went, oh, J. McCoolmore, let's go. 2.20, 2.15, 2.10. Then probably someone good backed it, 2.10 into 1.90 because there's a good 20-cent firm. Then it went back out to 2.10 for a little bit and then back into 1.80. It's sitting at 1.90. It hasn't changed since Wednesday. Uh, Duvana, 51 to 100s. Enriched, or $101.00. Uh, enriched 850 out to 12. Someone got interested this morning in that. And they thought, no, I might, because it, it got to 13 yesterday. Uh, enriched is now back into $12. Um, Excellented, 11 out to 17 on Wednesday, 18 this morning. Tardelli, 26 to 61. Extreme Diva, 16 to 23. Fly Fly is 16 out to 17, back to 16, back to 17. So it's really been around these two at the top, which is no surprise. Uh, do you want to be taking 190 Switzerland, Nick? Or do you think that is um, a leave me out? Yeah, it, it, it's a leave me out, Dave. I hope we see the slipper winner here, and I hope it's neither of the uh, the unbeaten Colts. I hope it's the de- debutant from the Michael Friedman camp, Enriched. Enriched? Um, is this I, your slipper horse? Yeah. He is. I, I really, really like what I've seen from him. I thought his first trial at Randwick behind linebacker, he was, he was well hidden by Mark Zara that day um, and through the line was good. And then his latest behind Shangri-La Express, I thought he trialed better than, than that horse So we've seen twice at the races for two wins. Um, he, he sort of got a little bit of a reminder from about the 300 to the 200 um, just to sort of keep in tuck with, uh, with that horse. But once he did, he just cruised up alongside him and um, you know, was breathing down his neck uh, in the final hundred. So I'd be really interested to see what he does on debut from Barrier 3, Tommy Berry on, um, really well bred cult by I'm Invincible out of an unraced half-sister to Winks, Miss Adam Bomb. So um, they knew what they were doing when they were buying this bloke. Uh, really keen to see what he can do. But, you know, the unraced cult, Switzerland and, and Shangri-La Express, they, uh, sorry, not the unraced, the unbeaten cults, um, they've been really impressive. The form out of their races has been good. We saw what Rue de Royale did uh, in the English Millennium the other day, not beaten far. Castagna came out of the Switzerland form line and won well as well on Saturday. So um, big watch on those two. Um, but, yeah, enriched for me on top here at a, a little bit of a price. Nick, does it scare you, though, the, the I'm Invincible with a bit of moisture around? Because sometimes, yeah, well, the yeah, sometimes they don't like going on the wet. It is uh, a little bit of the worry for sure. Dave, obviously, both trials on a good four. So, so big watch. Um, hopefully, it's a, a good run and we can go towards a, a slipper. Before I, I throw to Brody, there is an interesting runner here um, from the Chris Wallace stable. Number three, Devama. You mentioned he's 51 to 100 to one, Dave. Uh, I thought his trials haven't been too bad. He's by done deal out of Stay With Me, who is the dam of what's on by, the good mayor for, for Peter Moody and Catherine Coleman in Victoria. Uh, they paid 800000 for this bloke. They paid $1.2 million for the full sister 12 months earlier. She's unraced still, had a couple of trials. But um, this all sort of reeks of a, a Chris Wallace, Champagne uh, Stakes, JJ Atkins horse. So big watch on what he does later when he steps out to a little bit further over time. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start off with what Nick's closed off there, Devana. In my notes here, it says 
campaign towards JJ. I think I think he goes really well, Devana. I think the mm. horse that ran third president, he um he basically I think he threw away victory on Rand McKenzie on Wednesday, beaten by the two U long horses, but he tracked into the straight like the winner and he ducked in quite bad at about three hundred to go. So this trial is really hot. Shangri-La Express of course comes through it. Just had the one trial leading at the last prep. We know how good he was on debut and of course in the golden gift where he had sustained strong speed. Thought his first trial behind Prost was really strong, and then his second trial was all right. But it's not too sure. I've always struggled with the Gay Wardhouse Adrian Bot stable. You see him get clicked up late, you think they're flat, and they come out on race day and they destroy you. So I think you just need to go through his race form and trust him off that. Alabama Express is a sire, is airborne in Switzerland, ran some of the fastest closing splits of the day, or he did, he did run the fastest closing splits of the day there at Randwick on the inside. I think getting to the outside will actually suit him even better. Just question mark how far he'll be spotting Shangri-La Express at the turn from gate number six. The last one I want to chuck in, because this is such a good race going forward, is Fly Fly. $17, drawn the inside. She's a daughter of Dawn Dawn, so the breeders have kept her running in the same silks as her dam. She's a two-year-old daughter of trapeze artist. Both trials have been scintillating turn of foot. Bit of Macarena vibes 12 months later from when we saw her at the trial. So it's a fascinating race and enriched Nick had a good point for her. I think we might need a cold shower after this one, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully we, hopefully we find the right horse. And I think, look, I think early on when the rain wasn't around, I wanted to back Shangri-La Express because I think his stable mate might go to Canterbury, might lead on his own. But the form hasn't really held up that well. And there's a bit of rain around now, which adds a bit of risk. I also wanted to oppose Switzerland early because... Don't forget, it says good four in your form guides, but that track that he won on was a soft track, a genuine soft track, um, and they downgraded it later in the day, and he might get back in the field as well. I think Karen McAvoy did a very good job to get him into the box seat on debut, so he might be three pairs back too wide, which is a bit risky for a ninety shot, but obviously up in distance and a soft track. Again, he should love it. 96% of the market for those two, though. Leave me out of them completely. I reckon Nick described enriched perfectly. I couldn't do it better myself. I think he's the bet in the race, and you've got to cover on Fly Fly. Those trials are in slow times, but like Brody said, a massive finish on it. Um, Shangri-La Express wins and wins convincingly. It's $9 at the moment. Is it clear second favourite for the Slipper Boys? I think so, yeah. I, I think, I think and well, I mean, we've seen we've seen it before. Um, yeah, anything that wins a, a two-year-old lead-up race now will probably firm and and be $7 second favourite for a little while until we see what Stormboy does. Obviously, I think Espionage, we haven't seen him back at the races yet since his, his Breeders' Plate win. He's another one um, that, you know, he could come out and, and win. I think they might be going to the Silver Slipper with him. So, yeah, whatever wins, I think, will be a firm second favourite, whether that be Switzerland or Shangri-La Express. Oh. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very, very surprised if Shangri-La shocked us. I think we've kind of seen what he's got. I think one of the other ones will surprise on Saturday. How much is espionage in the market there, DS, for the slipper? Espionage is $13. Yeah, I think he might be the sleeping giant next week. I'm really looking forward to seeing him step out. Interesting that Nash has been booked to him for a long, long time. For espionage? Yep. Nash has been booking. So mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah, Nash has booked to, to ride him in the slipper already. So, uh, and that's based off his two trials because obviously he's had the, the trials. Everyone went quiet there. What are we all getting on the app? Backing him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trying try, try, try <laughs> to think what I'm tipping. <laughs> uh, and obviously uh, has stuck with him with those two trials. Shin rode him on debut in the Breeders' Plate, the Zoo Star in Times of War. And that Breeders' Plate, it's, it's, it's mm. been of a mixed form line the last few years, but this year looks hot, hot. 
It is. It, it, it is. Well, what have we had? Out of that Breeders' Plate uh, on the 30th charge. of September, you have Straight Charge and Prost, obviously, uh, were the placings there. Fearless was in that race. Highness was in that race. Uh, counterpart, Volatile, Too Soon, Scampy, went off the $3 favourite and Capitol Hill. That was the uh, the Breeders. And then in the gym crack, you had Manal, Celestial Bling, Repose, Lady of Camelot ran fourth. Uh, she blew away, obviously, the other day. Um, Alenia, Yuma Bep, Lady to Sort, Erno's Cube, um, Totoka and Invincible Madison. So they were, of course, our first, you know, the big ones for the two-year-olds that came through early doors. So, and are we surprised? Are we surprised by that? Because at the time... Was there a little bit of cold water being put on these? Oh, I'm not sure what we know. What not sure what we're seeing, you know, from trials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they've certainly have um, stacked up. I think I've been surprised I, I by think... the improvement some of the horses have made in regards to because usually we see mm. those first couple of two-year-olds. They're genuinely there to win early, get the breeding stuff nice and done. But the likes of Prost, um, Bodyguard, and well, he ran down in Melbourne that same day. But the likes of Prost and Co. They've all come back much better horses. Um, so I think that's been a slight surprise, but it's great to see because it's really good to follow those form races when you find them. Yeah, what, what I was going to say there, like obviously, Brody, you've probably, you've got a better handle on it than I do with the trials, but watching those two-year-olds, the first lot of two-year-old trials on the Kenda, I think late September or, or early October, whenever it is, but it, I think there was sort of a few surprise packets pop up at, at, those, uh, at the breeders and the gym crack, not necessarily the horses that... Uh, really set the world on fire at the trials were, were winning. And, you know, your likes of Scampy after that first trial, I think half of the country declared him the slipper winner there and then. So um, he was a big drifter on that day from memory. But, yeah, like you said, like we've, we've seen straight charge come out and win, cross, uh, fearless, ran well, highness, obviously, runner-up in the in the Magic Millions. I'm still getting over that. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see those horses come back in the autumn and run well. All right, uh, let's uh, get this punters panel multi open. Uh, ben Dixon, I know, is listening. He will tell me when the multi is open via text. Before we get that open, let's go through and hear your selections. We know that mine's meritable in race four to run top four. Nick, what's your selection? Yeah, I'm going to Victorian Philly, Dave. Race six, number four, stay in the Zeke. Why? Race eight, no, hang on. Why, Nick? You gotta, I want you to explain why. Why are you going that top yeah. four? I think she's just going to get a really good run from Barry One under Tim Clark. Um, we've seen what she's done uh, previously in, in some really good races uh, down in Victoria. Uh, her trials have been really good. I think she'll be able to hold a spot, finish off well. Um, I'd be surprised if she misses uh, a top four finish in a race like that. All right, perfect. Uh, what about yourself, Brady? Race eight, number nine, Arctic Glamour. I think she is a very, very good filly. Run of the race in the 1,000 guineas on that very rail-biased track there at Caulfield. Good tick over trial, bit of base fitness as well, and she's drawn much better than the faves. Okay, sensational. And what about yourself, Mike? Race one, uh, number four, Enriched. Very quiet, sneaky trial. First time round, second trial, under the whip, and still kept up with Shangri-La Express. And I think the stable mate of Shangri-La Express, Excel indeed, might go to Canterbury tonight. So hopefully Enriched gets up on pace outside the lead. Okay, sensational. And, of course, I went meritable as my selection. Race four, number four, back from the spell, has been in great form for Mark Minovini. I know he's only won the one race, but the second at Rose Hill last time out was very good. I love the booking of Nash. I think it's going to get the right run, and I think it will be in your top four. And uh, that race, it could, look, I, I think, well, I think it can win the race. 
and uh, I'd rather be backing it at that price than the even money wind chat. But I know you were very keen on wind chat, Mike Wood. We're going to get this multi open as we speak. Now, Ben Dixon has told me the price of the multi will be $5.50, $5.50, and it is open right now. So right now you can get in uh, the tab app. You can search under the sports offers, and it's $5.50 to get involved with that multi. It'll be open until a certain point of liability, but you numbers or the race numbers and horse numbers you need are race one, number four, race four, number four, race six, number four, and race eight, Number nine. So if you think all of those uh, horses can run in the top four, jump on to the tab app under the uh, section of sports offers and away we go. Before I wrap it up, boys, just your bets, bets on the card. Um, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be playing in the first race with Mike, uh, the two-year-old enriched. Um, I thought he was the, a really good each-way bet in uh, the Piero plate. I like it. Uh, yourself, Brody? Race five, number four, Boynos Notches. Best horse in the race. All right. And what about yourself, Mike? Yeah, and Rich's the best value, but the best bet. I'm going to go an all-up race six and seven, give myself a few extra grey hairs, watching Alentia and Fangirl swoop from the back. All right. Uh, no dramas whatsoever. Uh, now, I'm just trying to get that uh, on the app. Uh, ben Dixon telling me it's open, but I'm uh, I'm struggling to see it on the app at the moment. Hopefully there's not a, a tech issue there. But that multi, so there's be a few people racing to go and get it. It, is under the, it will be under Offers Sport. I can see the, uh, the, the three dots on the iPhone coming through here from Dicko. In fact, we might even try and get him on the line here because otherwise they'll just be carving me up saying, where is this multi? What's doing, Stanley? So it's not there just yet, unless he's hidden it somewhere. We might try and get Ben Dixon, Mario, on the line. Mario's making the call because we're going to try. I'll try and share it in the bets friend section of the tab app. So I was in a dico yesterday, boys, because they've got all these uh, markets open for the Taylor Swift and where she's going to eat and where she's going to do this and where she's going to do oh, that. Dude. And I said, please, uh, you know, can you just focus on our multis and opening the racing markets, please, for all the codes? Don't worry about Swift. Uh, is Dicko there? He's there. Ben, hello to you, mate. What's happening with this multi? I can't find it. Mate, it looks like it looks like the website is just not updating. I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm contacting the team now. We um, just I ring and spray got... someone. <laughs> <laughs> just get stuck I, in. I'm chasing up because it, it, I, I open it and normally bets come on in the, in the, in the first fifteen seconds. So, so it hasn't. It, I can't. I can't see on the app or website. So. We're obviously having um, tech issues. So it's cars. Um, I'll so take it up, maybe, and then get it up. Maybe. So you can open those Taylor Swift markets, maybe, but you can't open our multi on a Friday. That'd be right. <laughs> Fair dinkum. Mate, we can change our tips, Dave, if you want. Yeah, well, actually, where do you think she will be uh, having a feed? I mean, feeding them, that's what they've got open. Uh, but people love it. But, okay, so what's your ETA here, Dicko? Have you tried turn, oh, turning on and off? Honestly, don't know. Um, hopefully five minutes, but, yeah, I'd... I don't know for sure, though. All right. How about this? So for that Pundit's Panel Mold, there'll be a lot of people searching for it as we speak. Hang five. Keep your radio on Sky Sports Radio. We've got to get to um, Ben Walker and Priscilla Looker for the previews. I will come on and announce as soon as that uh, is open, and I'll also share in the bets, friends, and I'll let uh, the team know, Brody, Mike, and Nick as well, uh, and they can maybe share it around to, uh, to their socials as well, that the multi is open and in full swing for a big day of racing. And Dicko, as I said, just ring up, and, mate, use your authority, please. I'll, I'll try and get up ASAP, Dave. 
Very good. If only I could have uh, Dicko on the phone to IT with these conversations. It would be great to be a fly on the wall. Brody, Mike, and Nick, thanks for joining us, boys. Thanks, you. Thanks, Dave. All right. We will have a multi for you shortly. It will be a $5.50 price. Someone's pulled a plug somewhere. Someone's done something. So, um, and if it doesn't work, we can just blame Dicko. That's what we'll do. He can be the punching bag for us today. But uh, he did sound a, he sounded a bit confident. You know, when you're talking to someone, he goes, look, I'll leave it with me. I'll be five minutes. I'll ring the office and find out what's going on. So I feel like... I feel like Dicko's going to try and get this sorted for us today. So if you're keen on backing the multi for the HQ punters panel, hold five. Just hold five because we're going to get it for you. And the selections, of course, were uh, Sydney Race 1, number four, Sydney Race 4, number four, Sydney Race 6, number four, and Sydney Race 8, number nine. So we'll get that uh, through to you shortly, but they're obviously having some tech issues at headquarters.